When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Fight fans, before we begin this episode, I just wanted to take a moment to give our shout out to the sponsors for this podcast, Bear Attack Boxing. Now Bear Attack Boxing, relatively new company, but they've got an absolute passion for boxing. They've been going just over a year, they've attracted top talent like Tommy McCarthy, who swear by their boxing gloves and the products that they sell. Now these are not like just your normal standard gloves, they're high quality equipment you need to get yourself over to their website which is www.bearattackboxing.co.uk follow them on social media at attack boxing on twitter and on facebook bear attack boxing to look at the latest deals that they've got now starting from the 1st of january bear attack boxing i've got a really great little offer on to see in the new year and it's going to be 10 percent off purchases with a discount code especially for you the listeners which is bab2019 now that offer is on from the 1st of january to the 12th of january so make sure when you get to that checkout when you're purchasing them high quality gloves you enter that code BAB2019 and remember to follow them www.bearattackboxing.co.uk at Attack Boxing on Twitter and Bear Attack Boxing on Facebook. Welcome, Fight fans, to this new mini-series of episode entitled Promoter's Life. And we're going to be going around the country and we're going to be speaking to all the different promoters up and down the UK and even in the USA as well, just to really get their side of the story in terms of what they have to do behind the scenes, the last-minute pull-outs, getting the matchmaking for the shows, trying to get the guys on the fights, the ticket sales from the fighters, how all that works, and, and just generally giving the promoter's side of the story to boxing because you don't really hear a lot about how it works unless you're very close to promoters yourself in the boxing industry. So for guys that just follow boxing, you know, like your marquee names, you're not really going to know what actually goes on behind the scenes and how hard it is to actually put a show together and all the last-minute dramas that usually every promoter has to deal with. So the first in this episode is going to be with promoter Al Siesta. You may have heard of him, you may not have heard of him, but this is the opportunity to hear from Al Siesta about what his experiences have been so far in the promotion side, the matchmaking side, the management side, give you an indication of how hard it is to put shows on and what it's like to have fighters under your stable. When did you get into the promoting, Al? What, what was it that got you into it? Was it just the love and the passion for the sport? Um, no, I had to promote Myris Bredis. That's how I started. I, I straight away been thrown into the deep waters. 
when I had British, when I signed them as a fighter, I had to make the IBF Intercontinental title and bring all the big shows to Latvia in order to grow his profile. Yeah. Because he was he was a very strong fighter already when I signed him. And I felt that within four or five fights, he can contest for the world title. Especially right before me signing him, he knocked out Manuel Char. So I knew he's a real contender instantly. So I remember running around Riga, Latvia, looking for funding. And believe me, I found a substantial amount of money in order to put British's event. And the event paid for itself because we had like three and a half thousand people. And British won with second round KO, became a champion. And I had to do another promotion three months later, straight away in Latvia again. So basically, I was thrown into the promoter's game from the manage- management game instantly. Like, it was, it was God's will, you see. So I wasn't like planning, oh, I want to become promoter. It was a necessity. So it, that's something I had to do. <laughs> So you've, yeah, you're, yeah. Liter- you're literally learning on the job then as you've been going along since uh, managing Yeah, Brainers. 100%. Everything in boxing I was learning on the job. Everything. Matchmaking, promoting, managing, everything. Because I've still been a recording musician and uh, music producer in the studio and doing matching on the side at the same time. I remember doing the work, mixing and engineering and had a laptop right next to me with box rec open, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was crazy. Clients used to get pissed off. They said, you need to... You need to choose between the two because your music is suffering now and I'm sure your boxing is not gaining full of you. So you, you just need to make a switch. And you know what? And because I was tired, it was like 25 plus years doing music and everything. I lost my passion and boxing was like a new thing I discovered. We're talking about eight years ago now. So, so um, yeah, so it was an easy switch for me. You know, I just rented the studio out, put people in and just switched my thing to boxing full time. And in the first two and a half years, I had two world champions. And I thought, what a great career switch, you know, because (laughs) I literally had like luck pouring towards me because I was working extremely hard after show business. I mean, I wasn't a novice to it. I stayed overnight and worked long hours 24-7, basically, with music. I remember being obsessed about that. And I am a bit of an obsessive kind of lab worker, like working in lab, you know. So I, I just took boxing by the storm, learned about the game, literally spent two years grafting and grafting and grafting, trying to understand what's going on, you know. What's What's been the hardest part of the journey uh, in the promoting side so far? Of people, uh, on off people, they... Uh, people don't responsible for what they're saying in most of the time. They're not responsible. They they just say rubbish for this for the for the sake of the moment to feel important and stuff. No one no one really delivers. Uh, very little percentage of people delivers, and that's a big problem in in, in professional boxing. And whoever is in there will tell you. Oh, people jealous. People don't want you to succeed. Uh, people not not intelligent enough to do certain things, and people resent you very quickly if you're doing well or if you haven't delivered something what you promised due to the circumstances you get slaughtered it's a very unforgiving business so so and 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 to avoid that to eliminate that you need to have very very well organized architecture around yourself including your staff your communication skills your time management and everything i'm only learning more and more and more as i go along so not every contact is a good contact in boxing i just recently learned i used to go crazy on contacts i literally used to know everyone and everyone used to know me now i'm trying to carefully choose people i want to work with and always 
case, you need to withhold information. So when people like Eddie Hearn saying, I can't say that or whatever, or, or promoters saying, I can't announce the date or I can't tell you ins and outs, it's only because there are people who want to jeopardize it for you. Yeah, that's understandable. And that's on all levels, by the way. Not, not only on the world level. That's on the all levels. You can't even disclose the venue early if you haven't booked it because someone else will book it, so you can't book it. Wow, you know? that's great. It's, it's, it's very spiteful sport. Yeah, I was going to say, it's quite a, uh, a bit of a... What people probably don't know about it is it's really cutthroat, isn't it? Very cutthroat. Dishonest people got no honour. That's the problem. I mean, I, I have problem. I cannot lie someone if I cannot deliver what I promised. If there's a fighter in front of me and I already know that I don't have any dates for him, don't have any fighting opportunities or anything, and I also can't pay him or subsidise him, and just lots of people in boxing, they just say things just to achieve the result, very short-term gain, and then within some times, they go, they, they, they're going to get found out, and they're going to get really bad reputation. A nice, nice line to me once, they said, reputation, you can't take it to the dry cleaners, you see? <laughs> it's, it's, it stays there, it stays there forever, you know, so this is the most important thing, so you need to try to deliver. You need to try to deliver. And, and another thing I tell you, very quickly, Sean, another thing, I never ever judge a person who I haven't met by other people's standards or by other people's say. I have to deal with you and I have to work with you to make up my own opinion about what kind of individual you are. Yeah, which is... Uh, because I know in this sport, in this sport, people, even about greatest people, people will say some rubbish, you know, so I can't, I can't take anyone's word for, for, the, for the face, for, for the value because I can't value anyone's word unless I work with you. And if I have bad personal experiences, I still give you a chance. And if you times we work and you kind of been the same then i know why people saying bad about you or other way around there are people would be saying really bad stuff and the guy is really incredible that will be jealousy element which i also familiar with you know so al then going back to the promoting side and talking about uh you know some of the worst instances that you've had i was talking about it to you before we started recording about how people don't always know when shows and fights fights pull out of shows at the last minute and then the job of trying to match yeah. make them fighters with other fighters as quickly as possible and getting guys to come down on two, three days notice, sometimes even like twelve hours notice, obviously if the board will sanction yeah. it. What what's been the uh, what's been the most sort of hard, well, the hardest situation for you where you've had a show on and something's happened at the very last minute and you've had to make so many phone calls and pull so many favours in to kind of make sure that everything goes ahead to plan. I had that before but it, but 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 the reason with me, I've been a bit lucky like this. I only had last-minute pullouts from my own home fighters. So, so I, for example, I will not mention the name of the manager. He is very well known in business. Yeah, course, I yeah. had two fighters on the show. They allegedly to him were selling quite good tickets, and everything was going good according to plan. And um, I started to suspect about two weeks before the event that communication been a little bit poor. So, because I'm very intuitive, and it comes from show business. Because because really, I'm an artist first, and I worked with loads of people in my life, so I learned kind of read the situation in the past. It's like a survival instinct. I clocked that something probably not going right, because normally, when the fights are selling good tickets, you would see it online, you would see it on social media, yeah. his manager will be buzzing, will be texting you, calling you, saying, oh, mate, I can't wait, <laughs> we're going to smash it, and all that stuff. But then they go 
quiet about two weeks in, and I thought, I'll bet I'm going to get a pullout. And here I was getting a pullout a day before the weigh-in, and their opponents came from Bulgaria. Both opponents already flown. I already paid their tickets, accommodation and everything. So I'll be honest with you, Sean, I just had to pay 10% of their purse to them, to their opponents, and they just enjoyed the show. And I obviously paid for their flights and everything. And that manager apologized to me, and I accepted apology again. That was the first time. If that will happen again, I'm never going to work with the guy again. Yeah, understandable. So, yeah. Simple as that. So that's that's the only predicament I had. The reason being, because I'm a match matchmaker myself, I try, I've got massive contacts in terms of low, massive database, and I can call people, and I can find everyone, I mean, someone, if I'm in predicament, pretty quickly. Uh, saying that, saying that, I haven't never had to deal with it yet. But I am trying to eliminate that because I've got standby people and I've got someone I can call straight away to Eastern Europe and they will send me someone with a, with a very short notice as well. So, but I prefer have match made early so people can prepare and I can build the fight. Also, I do not like 2080 matches. I can't stand them. At least need to be 35-65 for me to feel credible. Yeah. At least. If you're a young prospect, you're coming up on the debut or your second or third fight, uh, I'll get you 60-40 to, to, to your, to your favour and I would exactly know your level so you cannot be mismatched or battered or whatever it is. And, and, and whenever I'm trying to experiment a little bit, it always backfires on me uh, <laughs> because I never knew Kamil Sokolowski. Sokolowski is so strong, Sokolowski, and he will put nail a ball out and then he's going to go and bang out Nick Webb, you see? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that just recently happened and, and, a couple and weeks that's, ago. Yeah, that's a guy with a massive negative record, but there's something about him. You know that he had some unfair decisions or last-minute call-out or things like that. That's why there's loads of losses on his record. He is actually a decent heavyweight, which exposes and shows that Nick Webb unnailable, not up to scratch, and they need to go back to the drawing board. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Really, if you ask me to. Although I like Nailable because he got up. He's never been battered completely with Camille. He just he just been overwhelmed. And I think that kid has potential. But he needs to change things around him somehow. I don't know. He, he's got great physique in terms of great presence. Very tall, very strong, quite skillful. I think he needs the right people about him. I'm not saying his camp is bad, but things definitely need to change because he's still the same and the time is ticking over. Do you know what I mean? You've done some... Um you've done a lot of matchmaking and matchmaking was came before the promoting what were some of the yeah. big, what are some of the big cards you've done matchmaking for oh man I do closely with Matchroom Sports for the last year so if you look at their last I don't know 10 shows 15 shows I was heavily involved on the undercard everything Americans even 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 I had someone on Dillian White against uh, Derek Chisora I had someone on Joshua against Pavetkin I had loads of stuff and um yeah, just uh, I can't announce. I made a big match as well recently, but I let let them announce it properly. Is the contract being signed? And I've done world title fights as well. So some some very very high level matches I made all throughout. Man, from zero to hundred, I, I I've done all kind of works like that in matching. And you started putting on over. Is it the past eighteen twenty four months you started putting the small hall shows on? Yes, I'm good small halls with titles fights and televised events. Yes, I'm trying to be a bit different. Yes, financially. Is not viable but 
uh, I wouldn't do it for no reason. Obviously, I had some help, and um, I kind of created the opportunities to put televised events with some title fights. Yes, and and I'm gonna continue with small hall shows, but I want to take it to a slightly different level. I want to go to middle ground, something between a big TV show and a small hall show, some 2,000 plus capacity. I want to go to. How difficult has it been to do it? Because we were just talking before I started recording, and you were saying to me about the fact that when you when when you promote a show, you, that you know you kind of. Expect expect not to make any money and when you do break even or actually make something it's like a huge celebration but not a lot of people know how that works man man i'll tell you honestly it's disheartening and sooner or later if promoter doesn't make any money he will quit i guarantee you because if something doesn't make sense that long, human nature to abandon it. I mean, if you're not abandoning it, you're, you're an addict, then you've got massive problems. So, so when, when, when you build something and your construction is still not secure enough and it keeps breaking, you keep adjusting and adjusting and adjusting. And if it doesn't work after, you know you've got fundamental mistake in architecture and planning, correct? Correct. So, so, so that's the same thing with our shows. You, you cannot run shows on empty. You either do in a way Steve Goodwin does with loads of fights and fighters paying for it and you've got small profit at the end of it but it's a massive made on the cheap long drawn show which Steve is a very clever man so he knows what he's doing or you're doing what people do with television you get television you get the rights from your broadcast you calculate you see how much gate you sell and if it makes sense you go ahead there's nothing in between everything in between you will be losing money I mean I made almost 100,000 pounds investment last year on losses and so on and so forth and adjustments so I cannot do the same thing this season in 2019 this season has to generate me a profit it has to generate me a profit so my first event in March has to generate me a profit or at least break even if it will not break even I will need to look elsewhere to put it properly somehow you know yeah understood. so so I'm not that type of guy who just oh I've got some spare money let me throw a party I'm not that kind (laughs) of guy it's all business for me boxing is paying my bills I don't have any other business I don't have no plumbing no car manufacturing no cleaning and no accountancy firm nothing like that no no gambling outfit I am 24-7 through and through boxing man that generate income from boxing so therefore I cannot work really hard on my matching and making big deals earning money I've been spending them like a loser on the shows yeah. that's gambling that's gambling that's might as well go to casino you probably got more chance to win there <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean. yeah well so, I, do, I do know what you mean yeah exactly it's a it's a difficult yeah, an absolutely yeah. difficult job to do isn't it yes but it could be done could be done i think i think i mean my last shows were good i felt like honestly i, I had one show that i almost didn't lose any money and it was good and you know what? i could have earned money if it wouldn't be for that two pullouts which i described you yeah yeah if that wouldn't be two pullouts i actually would have walked away with some money in the pocket which not significant but it's almost like um honorary money honorary money like oh i've done it i actually got some cash after the event <laughs> you know and and uh, so i think to i I think I think uh, I learned the lessons and I understood how it needs to be done and and the shows in 2019 hopefully will be different although there is a quality control and I always like it to be nice ring with great advertising great lighting good atmosphere very friendly family family environment I don't like no shitty violence kind of thing this is not for me I'm not that type of guy and I do believe do believe you get on the show the vibe of what promoter is 
what kind of guy promoter is that the shows you get. I do believe that it's really projecting. Yeah, so it kind of rubs off on the, the type of person that the is. That it, 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 that, that it kind of contrasts onto the show, doesn't it? The, the way they are as a person. Hundred percent. Literally, this is all about energy. Yeah. What do you What do you think about the rise of? social media and the rise of all the different media outlets out there because uh, the original ones were like the guys like IFL and up here in Manchester we had British boxers who've been around for like 10 years what do you make of the current sort of rise of all the different media outlets fantastic I love that I love that the more media the better I I admire all the effort it just shows that the sport is on the up again and uh, massive words of encouragement for everyone because the Media people can say about us the same thing. Say, what do you think about uprising of promoters and matchmakers, matchmakers and managers and fighters? So we make each other, aren't we? Media and fighters, we all work together. We're all part of the show business of a big, big marketing machine. So we all we all need each other. So I'm I'm very supportive towards that. I'll be honest with you. The more media, the better it's for us. Yeah, absolutely. I totally hundred percent agree. Being in that side of the industry myself, it's, it's a it's a mm. huge thing trying to give fighters that may have not have got this exposure maybe four or five years ago are now getting it through various different platforms although people do say it may be a little bit oversaturated uh, but do you, do you agree with that comment or do you think all media is kind of good media regardless can i tell you can i be honest with you it's the same as the fighters really i mean the strong media outlets um, you will quickly understand who is a wannabe and who is ready to put a hard grab behind. So literally, if someone started the outfit and this fades off within a few months, it means like it's not for them. It's good. I mean, look, the strongest is, is the survival of the fittest, isn't it? Absolutely is. So so, so that's what is going to be everywhere. Boxing, anyway, business, media is not exclusion to that, you know? So all I'm really, it's really encouraging to have lots of media. And you know what gives you lots of opportunity? World is your oyster. As they say, like another cliche, sky is your limit if you're strong outfit if you've got good communicational skills and if you're credible you you will be capturing imagination of the people in the industry fighters managers promoters is literally everything is in your hands and i love when everything is in your hand correct yes i don't like rely on another man exactly i totally 100 percent agree with you yeah 100 percent agree i can't i can't argue with that whatsoever going into 2019 when you talked about looking at that first show for yourself in march do you think with with Mm. promotional shows it's as opposed to putting on say six or seven a year if you put on three or four high quality shows a year where you invested into them but they returned in terms of gate receipts promotional side of things you know the amount of fighters you get on the shows would you be more of a promoter that would go for quality over quantity 100 percent. that's exactly what i'm thinking and i've been promised six dates from television and if i can fulfill six dates with a high quality shows will be great but so far I only been doing maximum three a year and still I took a bit of a financial loss which I call investment <clears throat> if I can do three shows or four shows of a very high caliber <clears throat> in the 2019 I will be very happy yeah I'll be really happy if I can come up with four really good quality shows you know yeah exactly and and, and I always I'm a big yeah. believer in that I'll like that obviously you know you could put ten shows on a year but if six of them are uh, uh, people walk away from him fans you know ticket buyers walk away and say mm, well it was all right but but it could have been better. One of the, you know, that's that's the effect you want on people. You want them to come uh, to three or four shows 100% a year. Percent is like as we said about reputation. You cannot take it to the dry cleanness. Whilst you got sour people leaving after your event, you know you just lost followers. So far, 
uh, touch wood, I have great events and people want to come back and British World really complimented on the quality and the fights were phenomenal and I've got all the video footages of everything and that's a great platform reinforcement for me. But 2019, I know, will be next level. Next level. And that's where a lot of promoters yeah. uh, are pushing to take it to that next level. Do you find it difficult, Al, as a, a relatively new small hall promoter with obviously the bigger guys out there? You said you do matchmaking for for a lot of matchroom shows and obviously Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren are are regarded as the two sort of standout promoters in the UK because they've been in the game for quite a while now. Do you find it difficult as a small hall promoter to, to, to sort of push the envelope a bit more? Uh, no, I tell you, can I, can I be honest with you? I can Absolutely. tell you exactly where I am. You've got Eddie Hearns, Frank Warrens, uh, then, then you've got Barry McGuigan next in line. Uh, then you've got, don't know, I mean, Steffi Balls and Carl Greaves and everything. I mean, to be honest with you, with 2019, I will show that I'm there or thereabouts. It's all about, it's all about the fights you deliver and all about the influence you have in the sport. You see? Yeah. And, and <clears throat> you, you see, for example, how many promoters in the UK, apart from the big ones, put the world title fights? I tell you how many. Three. And I tell you more. I'm a fourth one. I've done few world title fights in my life already. So I consider myself to be quite experienced regardless on the short time being in boxing. And this is not an arrogance. This is the boost that I need in order to compete with them boys. Al, no. in terms of going forward for you, you you've built your your little stable. Uh, how how deep is it now? Your stable of fighters you've got in the promotional game. Oh, I just wrote someone yesterday as well, someone well known in the business. He asked me, "Can I have the information on all the stable you're working with?" And I have maybe seven to six, six to seven dozen fighters which I have immediate access to, and the management contracts and influence directly. They and directly under my jurisdiction and then I have another maybe 10 that I advise for and I am in a percentage payout when I make fights for them or match them and then I have another 20, 30, 40 who I have influence on and say that I can instantly get access to them and get them a television fight. So, man, my database is very big. I mean, the narrow core is six fighters which belong to Siesta Boxing uh, legally and then there's a massive spectrum of almost hundreds of fighters which I can get instant access to and my word probably will be more powerful than any other matchmaker or manager who will be offering something uh, simultaneously. And you talked about earlier on in the conversation about uh, Marius Bradis. Any other notable, yeah. any any other notable names that you can honestly say you've have have some sort of involvement in, whether it be uh, some sort of jurisdiction like you were talking about there. Is there any notable names that maybe the wider audience listening to this interview will will know of? Oh man, yeah, just I worked, I, I met with Najib's Mohammedi, Arthur Akawolf, like lots of, lo- I mean, honestly, I just need to think of the <laughs> fighters who are like, there's another guy called Aram Amikanyan, he sounds like Amir Khan, his surname is exactly like Amir Khan Yan, if you read it, uh, Amir Kanyan, he just what the one quadruple, quadruple um, unification in Russia. So he will be in every top five of every rating at Super Welterweight Division. And this is the fighter that I manage directly. I am his manager. So this guy will have big world title fight in 2019, I've got no doubt. 
is a very, very strong fighter. So, man, worked, worked with, been involved with many other fighters, Dennis Lebedev, lots of people, lots of, it's just, I need to sit down and think in order to, to offer that, to, to answer on the sport. Of course. I mean, oh, and, and there are also some deals which I don't want to say the fighters are brought to the tables. There are big promoters that are having the fighters in their stables, which I brought, you see? Yeah, I understand. So, and this is like, it's like, it's like a, because we cannot, it's, it's, it's non-disclosures, I can't announce certain names because this will not be fair and I will not honour the contract, if you know what I mean. So it's, but, sa- it's, safe, but, it's, but, it's safe to say then, Al, isn't it, that obviously some things you can tell us, some things you can't, but it's safe to say you've got your fingers in quite, quite a few pies. Man, r- r- I can tell you, really deeply rooted, I can tell you that. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if, if you ask me for a description, trust me, trust me, the, the influences are good and I'm very well aware of everything that's happening and um, that's why I'm confident that we will see us the boxing meaning survive in 2019 comfortably and will be developing because because the intelligence is there and unawareness so that kind of leads me on it leads me on to my final probably my final question then today Al and it's it's probably focusing on your promotion Siesta Boxing what are your immediate goals for 2019 I've got one goal it's gain a UK television partner Uh, will we be working with ITV and Richard Poxon and Heyman or will we be working with Channel 5 or some other independent network whatever it is the reason I'm saying confidently about this and announcing I am the promoter I would consider if I would have been a television channel to run your boxing events 100% because I know what I can I know the power I have I know the fighters I have I know the contacts I've got the expertise the know-how why not give it to me just once and you'll see what I can do it sounds like it's going to be a great 2019 ahead and let's hope man I think let's hope if think, we stay all healthy yes. so all going to be good I think a lot of people will they've, they've probably seen you on YouTube interviews before with different people but for people that listen to the podcast may may or may not have heard uh, of you or may only know a little bit about you so really for mm-hmm. them it's been a fantastic insight in to be able to hear about some of the struggles that you go through some of the events and how it works and, and, and obviously some of the stuff that you actually do behind the scenes I think a lot of people may or may not have known that before so they may know that now and it's it's been obviously a pleasure to get you to speak to us just after very recently after thank that you, Christmas man. period thank you thank you uh, great. I'm grateful for your time as well thank you man because I'm just I'm actually going to Surrey now to look at a couple of venues I need to close the day down and everything but man I'm very optimistic hard working and I love boxing and, and as I said to you this is what put tab- food on the table for my kids and my family so I'm taking it extremely seriously it's not like I can wake up one day and say oh I'm going to take a break today because I'm not fancy I've got no any other choices so I am truly professional in what I do and I want to stay this way and I want to honour everything I promise people around me well thanks for obviously coming on the show and we really appreciate you having you on and look forward to seeing where 2019 takes you Al Siesta thank you so there you go guys I really hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode and that interview there with Al Siesta a really knowledgeable straight talking down to earth guy telling you about insights into the promotional side the matchmaking side and the management side of the business so if you've enjoyed it please make sure you leave us a comment about the episode share it on social media and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and on Podbean and and all the other available podcasting apps out there you can find us 
us btr boxing podcast on twitter and btr boxing podcast on facebook guys i really hope you've enjoyed it see you next time fire fans Podcast Network.